Hi, Jiu Jitsu Podcast is here. We're back. We're back. Probably episode 31. How you doing, Maddie? Yeah, good, mate. Yourself? I'm brilliant, Maddie. I'm brilliant. I'll tell you why I'm brilliant. Because I'm here. We're ready to discuss a beautiful topic one more time. It's a beautiful day. It's full of Jiu Jitsu. It's full of good people. Good food. Tummy's a fool. Yeah, it was a good lunch. What more could we ask for, buddy? More time on the mats. Hey, that's going to come too. It's going to come. So, um, everybody, hope you're well. Hope you've been enjoying your jiu-jitsu. Um, hope you're healthy and fit. I hope the last uh, podcast on sleeping helped you a lot. You know, on reflection, there were some things we talked about that I've implemented, like the cold showers. That's oh, made yeah. a huge difference for me, hey. Having yeah, a right. cold shower, like uh, when I get home, have that cold shower even spend an extra five minutes just cooling that body off yeah yeah sleeping like a baby especially post jiu-jitsu right when you're like just still wired just yep yep um the core temperature goes down yeah um and then things can kind of get better and better um yeah i hope we've got some good feedback and maddie you know everybody we we love feedback feedback kind of makes this podcast uh world go around yeah you know um I think feedback makes everything go around if if you didn't give me feedback on my mistakes in jiu-jitsu i wouldn't know they were mistakes mm-hmm. you need feedback to, to to improve yeah and i think feedback comes comes pretty easy on the mats too because you can't you can't pretend that a submission didn't happen you know? <laughs> no you can't <laughs> you can't pretend that you know we lost a few positions for sure la 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 <laughs> <laughs> la 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 um <laughs> Anyways, so today is a really interesting idea, and it's something that I've written about. Sorry, the, the blog post is there. Uh, it's going to get published, um, and we're going to have a nice free-flowing conversation about it today. Now, is it concepts or technique? That's an interesting, it's a interesting question, and I'll give you some context with regards to what I'm talking about. Four years ago... I had the idea of the jiu-jitsu commune. I feel like it was more than four. No, yeah, of course it was more than four. Well, I was thinking about the commune from like 2010, and I think about 2014 it came to fruition. It's been a long time. So it was like six years ago, more like it, um, well, when it started. Mm. Um, but anyways, the commune was a place where jiu-jitsu people from around the Sydney CBD came together and trained and learned from each other and rolled in good vibes. The Jiu-Jitsu Commune wasn't a place to have a syllabus, right? For one, sure, everyone was learning techniques. And the thing in my head at the time was like, I knew plenty of techniques. The techniques were ubiquitous. Like, so you go into any school and every like every class is showing two, three, four techniques. Yeah. You know? Um, I was at the point as a purple belt where I was saying... I know enough technique, I just need to roll and refine what I'm already doing, right? And looking back, Maddie, I'd like to bang my head against the wall, you know, and say, you silly bugger, it's a wrist slap right there. Um, But I mean, we learn from our mistakes and we're here to get better. And every day we kind of build um, knowledge. Hindsight's 2020, right? Like, Yeah, exactly. And... So what I, in my head back then was like, I had a game. This is my game. Mm. I don't need any other techniques to kind of come into the game. 
I just need to refine and develop the existing game. I have a sword. I just need it to be sharper. Yeah, well, that's a good... Yeah, beautiful. Like, exactly like Mm. that. And I was actually recently having a conversation with um, a fellow student who's a visitor hire. um, And they were saying something on the along the same path like organized classes don't really help me anymore it's more about the um unorganized like tip here and there um and experience that they get from rolling on the mats i i i'm just gonna have to call this person out i don't know who it is but i mean well i'm 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 only a purple belt myself now yeah but I've been training under you for like five since the beginning mm-hmm. and we go through a syllabus and you've taught me the same technique probably a hundred times yep. in that time and I, I will still find a new detail from you every single time you teach it that I haven't picked up on before. To be honest today we did um, Americanas and Kimuras today and I was actually teaching it and I was finding different details as well. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, hold on. Ooh, that's what's happening right there. The idea that it's, or you can f- benefit from now is just organized chaos. No, thank you. Sorry, calling you out. Um, I'm a firm believer that when, when you're ready to receive the message, it will present itself to you. Mm-hmm. So that just means you just don't want to listen to what other people are offering to this other person. If you're just shutting yourself off from that possibility with that attitude. Uh, yeah I agree and the thing is you can't like anyways with regard like I'm a coach Maddie, and I like to say things that are effective you know not not things that I think are right to to the person I have to be effective and we both have to be effective in our communication but in any case to be honest I was there so I can't really um, you know can't talk bad on the person because I was there at a point too where I was like I think I know everything and now it's just a matter of refinement so we went at higher jiu-jitsu sorry at jiu-jitsu commune we went the concepts route you talk about a grand elaborate idea of jiu-jitsu then you break it down together and base your class around this one thing the reference to we that's everyone in the room Here's the thing, beginners that had never done jitsu then wanted to start and wanted to join in. So, I've got a few thoughts in my head right now. So I'm like, lost in translation. Of course, beginners were welcomed, but they also felt very lost. Beginners didn't know how to tie their belt, let alone engage in meaningful jiu-jitsu discussion, right? That was centered around esoteric concepts that the higher belts were fascinated by. Just sit back and observe, you know, I'd tell them. I'd pull them aside, I'd begin, them to, I'd begin to show them step by step what we are talking about. But it wasn't enough. Our newbie friends needed to learn their ABCs first, yet they were amongst concepts, complex conceptual discourse right from the outset. Concepts versus technique. Some, col- some colored belts, especially those who love thinking for themselves, they reveled in the contemplation. Others just wanted to train and learn and follow what was being taught rather than guide themselves. So we had a big mix of people. This whole ordeal was formed in good intentions, that's for sure. But it was clear that if we were to provide a solid learning environment for all levels, things just had to change. Do you remember Maddie back in those days? Yeah, yeah. 
Um, yeah. And you just get just different people coming in you on the regular. A, a random person pop in. Yeah. Yeah, and they pop in for a couple of classes and disappear. Yeah. We used to have uh, Wade and, and a few others yeah, pop Wade in. Yeah, Wade started coming and teaching um, a class here and there. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was a bunch of people. But, yeah, we had a lot of white belts come in too, and they never stuck around. Well, I wonder why. <laughs> it was just you need structure, like, and structure is necessary. Mm. Um, structure is necessary because like the foundations of a house like they start with like a flat spot land you know you dig out the the foundations for it you use the bricks to start making mm. the walls you know there's always a, there's a place there's a step there's a, there's a process behind learning not just jiu-jitsu but learning anything right so four years six years on now we're affiliated with Pedro Sauer Association. We have our very own syllabus. Syllabus. Back in the day, like I didn't like the syllabus as a purple belt. I was like, I've had enough of the syllabus. I thought the syllabus was limiting what we were learning. But now it's just a completely different idea because the syllabus for us now is like the foundations of a house. Mm -hmm. It's a platform. It's the platform that's necessary. The beauty, I think we're lucky because this platform for us at least, like it's just so deep and so complex that I don't think we'll ever get to the bottom of the platform. You know, we have, how many, how many, we have 80 and then another 90 and then another 150 techniques yeah. that so are in each syllabus, right? So it's about three, 400 techniques, not including all the other stuff that we're privy to as well. Yeah. You know, um, every time you meet Professor, he's doing something brand new that you've never seen before. So it's like, whoa. So it's very hard to to f uh, to keep up with it. But if you had your foundations in place, then you can build off them so much easier. You know, so that's why as the black belt now, I'm not saying my foundations need work as well, but, you know, they're there. And so now you can see something, you can see anything any other type of jiu-jitsu, any other problem, any other mechanic, and you can identify what's there, you know, what's making it work, what's required of the technique, what are the problems associated with it, you know, where it can go from there. Um, so our classes now are based on techniques from the curriculum that's easily accessible to all of our students. Most sessions throughout the week have a predetermined lesson plan that students can access before and after the class. Yeah, I think that's huge. I think uh, just, just for anyone, if you know what's coming, I think it really helps your learning ability rather than coming into class and seeing something new. You've already got a rough idea of what's going on. Mm -hmm. So then when you're, you're teaching, you, uh, you're picking up more details available. And, and to, to, yeah, so... Yeah, so it's not really like, I guess, you know, you've seen this technique before, maybe you studied it, studied it before class, mm -hmm. so you kind of have a rough idea. Yeah. So when you get to class, you can really start to delve into the specifics of it, yeah. right? Because there's so many, like the, in, in every technique, there's a big detail, like there's the big core movements yeah. that when you see something for the first time as a white belt, you might be doing like, oh, step out, put my leg over here to go to mount. Okay, then maybe when you've done that technique 20 times and you're a blue belt, 
you start picking up the details like, okay, it's not just stepping over to mount. I'm stepping over to mount and I'm hooking the far leg so he can't bridge and, and yeah. counter my thing. So what I'm trying to say is you, you're going to learn the big movements first, the foundational movements of every technique. Yeah. And then you're going to start to be able to hone in on the details once you understand those. Mm-hmm. But those details make the, the movement. Yes. So if you study before class, you already have a rough idea of the big overarching movements so you can then hone in on the details at the same time while you're learning the, the whole picture. You get a better big picture at once. Yeah, because as you said, the big picture is filled up with little details. Yeah. Uh-huh. A puzzle isn't made of just four big squares that you just slot together. Imagine a four-piece puzzle. It could be. You know, I mean, it could, could be, but... That's a crappy puzzle. <laughs> you, you, my point is you can get the same puzzle and, and make it a 100-piece a, a puzzle. Yeah. And you can make it a 1,000-piece puzzle. Yep. Like, that's how deep you can go into jiu-jitsu. And if yeah. you're missing, there are certain pieces in each size. Let's say it's a 100-piece. There are certain pieces if you're missing, the puzzle will still fall apart and just you won't be able to tell what you're looking at that you need to, that you need to nail. Yeah, and if you have one little detail missing, one little piece of the puzzle missing, it kind of... That's a hole someone can get through. That's a hole. That's a hole. And it might look okay. You can get the gist of what the, what it, what the puzzle's yeah. trying to depict, but there's still a hole kind of there. And someone can get their finger in it and kind of pull it out and start yeah. ruining it all. I unravel the unravel. entire... Unravel, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, so your job in class is to get those little pieces of the puzzle. Even though you know what the puzzle looks like. Okay, it's supposed to be, you know... A man on a boat, I don't know, whatever. But there's little aspects of, of this whole picture that need work. And you can pick out every piece of the puzzle and, and make it better and sharpen it and identify and look at it, you know, and feel it and then put it back in and get another piece of the puzzle. Um, and that's really important. And that will never stop. If yeah. if you're, I'm going to say a perfectionist, but if you're aim is perfection which i think it should be like for doesn't have to doesn't have to be it can be whatever you want it to be but you know endless refinement you know i mean in jiu-jitsu there's you're you're always going to come across someone who can tap you so that means there's somewhere that you can refine yes and the taps are good because it means that there's that hole that hole just got exposed there's a hole i need to work on that yes Whereas you can also be like, oh, yes, I got tapped, but let me forget about that. La, 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 la. la, 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 la. <laughs> what Matty is doing for those, well, for everyone listening, is... Um, Fingers in the ear. Dumb and dumber. Uh, maybe. Yeah, it's, um, Jim Carrey, <laughs> and then Jeff Daniels is screaming something at him, and then he's like, la, 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 la. <laughs> Anyways. Um, but yes, kind of, that's what you can do. You can be like, you can, like willful ignorance. Yes. Um, is very possible. Happens a lot. Is comfortable, but does isn't helpful for the bigger picture. No. So um, I th- I say take your fingers out of your ears, take the blindfold off your eyes, and keep looking at how we can get it better, because that's the joy of jiu-jitsu right there. The fact that we're going to be doing this for a very long time, and there's a picture, there's a masterpiece there that's just waiting to be drawn, and you can take shortcuts. But at the end of the day, that masterpiece doesn't look anywhere near what the other person's masterpiece looks like who hasn't taken the shortcuts. Look at Rylan Lazara's masterpiece of Jiu-Jitsu. I, I think I've said this before, but that role, I had a grapple with Rylan, numerous grapples. 
And it was the greatest experience of my life. He, I just, the I just way loved he, it. The way everything. It was just so seamless and so beautiful. Even when he's demonstrating techniques, it's just like, here, try and do this. It's like, oh, I can totally. No, I can't move. Yeah. yeah. It's like. <laughs> it was just awesome. You know, um, I'd like to one day my jiu-jitsu be on that level. Yeah, we're like, working on that, Maddie. That's goals. Me too. Goals. Me too. That's goals. Um, I'd love to have Rylan on the podcast too. We'll work on that. Mm. So, people, the fact that you know we have a syllabus and that we have techniques that form the syllabus and we work on those with every class has our training now descended into tyrannical monotony at the hands of this syllabus. The answer to this, after practicing various ways is an emphatic no. We come to class, and yes, we are all aware of what the learning will involve. The techniques are there, and they're based off Master Sauer's expression of the original Elio Gracie curriculum. It's then the job of our coaches to share this material in a way that students with and without experience can digest. So sometimes in class, I'll give the big broad picture. Hey guys, this is a, this is a Kimura. Bump, step one, two, three, four. That's the Kimura. Mm. Okay, now that we've seen that, here are a few things you gotta consider. Yes. When you're on the Kimura, you have to pull the person off onto their side. How far onto the side do you pull them? How do you like kind of create pressure on the back of the shoulder in order to get the arm to bend? How do you secure the position so you kind of can't escape? All of these little things become little pieces of the puzzle that you were talking about. Um, Slice the steak and then add some some uh, seasoning to it. Salt bay. <laughs> <laughs> the coaching is still a necessary aspect of this learning process, and we can encourage this discussion and questions and answers from the room. But the focus is on the technique. Like that's the that's the the road that we're on. Like that technique. You know. At the same time, we have the ability to emphasize different aspects of the technique that may or may not be more relevant to the audience. And we can always add details, we can subtract as they come to the fore. That is, we don't practice the same technique over and over. There's a really nice saying, you can't paint the Mona Lisa twice. So when you come in, Maddie, and you do Tuesday morning class, and then you come in, you do Tuesday night class, the class is fairly similar yeah, but it never, it's never the same. It's never the same, no. right? There's always going to be a little different detail that'll like you emphasize. Yeah. Maybe the warm-up sequence will be different to the technique, which kind of gives people a different approach to the to the mechanics required. Yeah, definitely. Um, your words will be different. The crew yeah. will be different. The questions will be different. Yeah, I've, got, I've had the questions from the morning, which mean I have a better understanding of what might be asked. Yes. You know, someone might. If, if so, I love that's the best thing about people asking questions you said you just said it like you hit the nail on the head we're sharing the techniques in our expression of what or our our understanding of the technique yeah uh or the way we think about it now obviously i think i have my own brain that works in its own way compared to yours yeah so you teach it in a way that is that you think is beneficial to everyone Mm -hmm. so i might i do i try and do the same but then someone might ask a question i've just never considered and I think about it and I go, okay, how can I answer this so that they understand it or, or solve their problem or, or whatever it may be? So yeah. you, you get that insight into how someone else thinks and that can only improve how you then uh, teach the, the technique in the future. Does that make sense? Yes, I feel like it does. Um, it always changes. Yeah. 
So the techniques change because our learning evolves. Mm. And that's the critical part of the curriculum. It's not like we have step one, two, three fixed. Because I remember back in the day, originally, maybe that's why my brain got to that point. Because we'd learn the same technique, the same steps over and over and over and over. Yeah, it was always just... Do this, A, and then B, and then C, and then D. Now go, and then come back, and then do bit like... And it was always the same. But what I'm saying here <clears throat> is if the question is concepts or techniques, I think that's a silly question, to be it's honest, the, because... The two in the one. Yes. Yes. And the technique is forever going to be different and mm-hmm. will always be evolving. You know, if you, have a, if you have a brain, if you have bodies, if you have understanding that evolves, that develops, then you never see the same technique kind of like exactly the same twice. There's probably a hundred different ways to armbar someone, right? And they're all armbars. You could say it's all one armbar, but they're yeah. all variations. You can't teach a hundred variations of armbars. You teach someone a conceptual understanding of an armbar, and then they apply it a hundred different ways. Yes. And first, you had to say the step. That's a perfect um, thing. How do we teach an armbar? Three step. Yeah, you got to teach them. Foot on the, the hip, steps. right? Knee really close to the shoulder then use that leg to kind of make the angle and then bring the other leg over the head, which hopefully it makes sense to you guys listening. If it doesn't, it's okay. Because then Master, um, Grandmaster, I guess, Hickson, we went to a seminar at um, the Ind- Indigenous Center of Excellence a couple few years ago, and he showed us the most epic two-step armbar, mm. which took away the first leg which kind of telegraphs the whole technique anyway. Absolutely. So it became the beautiful two-step armbar. And then we have Master Sauer, who kind of maybe refines it or whatever. You know, their mates, uh, I'm sure they've been talking about it together, and flicks up his hips and turns his hips in a way that it becomes a one-step armbar. And it's not to say that, you know, the three-step is now nullified, because you still need the three-step, because I feel like the three-step, to be honest, underst- like helps you understand what's required in an armbar and helps you understand certain mechanics of your body versus another body, you know, but, but different technique, different situation, different technique for a different situation. Yeah, jujitsu is dynamic. Yes. It's, it's never just someone sitting plain and still on you, or, you know, in guard, just like, yeah, I have my arms, in which case, yeah, that's exactly it. You've got to teach an armbar with a very set s- steps them to gain the conceptual understanding of how to apply it yes so two things come to mind one like you need to know the rules in order to break the rules yes i think that was george st pierre that said that or somebody else i don't know but he knows the rules right so you need to have like a, a good solid understanding of what you're doing in order to go off yourself and do it different i think like a lot of people sometimes they don't know the rules yet they're learning the rules, but then they think it's they're they're able to break the rules, and I think it just goes wrong. Like it doesn't mm. go so well for them. Yeah, there's a right time for that. Yeah, you know, you you said something. I don't know where it came from, but I know you've said it many times. You can do whatever you want as long as you know what you're doing. Something like that's that. a that's a Feldenkrais. It's felt it's a Feldy. Yeah, Feldy says that you can do anything you want as long as you know what you're doing. And a I lot really of the times, like people are so compulsive, like they act compulsively, so they don't really know what they're doing. Um, 
yeah, we always teach a technique X, Y, Z, but hey, maybe you can just skip out step X and just go Y, Z, as yeah. long as you know what you're doing. So in that case, if you just sit there, if you come into class and you have no other thought in your head but to follow your teacher's steps, hey, John, what do I do here? Now what do I do? Now what do I do? Now what do I do? And you, only th- you do not think for yourself, that's not ideal either. And at the same time, if you come into class and you're in a habit of just not listening to the teacher and just doing whatever you want and rolling because that's what you do. That's just disrespectful. Well, disrespectful, but it's like, that's a habit in and of itself, right? That's, that's a behavior that you've learned, you know, and it's been ingrained in you. So, so with that being said, here's another, here's another idea. Um, just use your instinct. So when you do jiu-jitsu, just use instinct. I feel like that's a method for a trap. Well, your instinct needs to be refined, doesn't it, over over many, many years. Yeah. So a beginner's instinct won't be won't work. Like it won't be theirs because that instinct that they have in their mind isn't a refined, isn't an educated instinct. So your job over the many, many, many years of jiu-jitsu that you'll be on the mats, many years on the mats that you'll be doing jiu-jitsu is to refine that instinct. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I still have a not, I, my instinct isn't right. I've been training for 12, 13 years now. And my instinct needs work. Does your instinct need work, Maddie? No, I'm perfect. No, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> of course it needs work. Yeah, man. Look at, look at, um, ha- look at how we've spoken about posturing guard. How, how we talk about posturing guard at higher. How much has that evolved over the years? A lot in line with different techniques, in line with different like um, answers from the person on the bottom, like different responses mm. will require different techniques. So Absolutely. Your, your, the, the, the technique needs to develop. It needs to. And it doesn't mean you throw it out the window. It means you refine the technique. You understand where, that it's not just a cut and dry one, two, three steps because jujitsu is dynamic. We have to evolve to understand that it's gonna be different in every situation. Yes. The cart goes before the horse. No, it doesn't. <laughs> or does the horse go before the cart? Pretty sure the horse goes before the cart. Oh, exactly. The horse goes before the cart. Just checking that you're um, on the ball, Matty. Oh. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Listen, people. It's important to learn the ABCs before you move to your essay writing. That is, you need to learn the what of jiu-jitsu before you learn about the how. Techniques are the basis of understanding what jiu-jitsu is about and how to apply it, right? So it's almost like jiu-jitsu is the what. The, the technique is like, okay, what is it? Mm. Okay, here we go. Here's the armbar. How to apply it maybe brings in more an idea of timing, brings in more of an idea of strategy. So pull the person in yeah. so they start to post on your body. Then that makes space between their elbows and their ribs. Okay, now you can fill that space up with your hips understanding the feeling of base where where someone is stable and where they're not where they've got a post where they don't yeah of course you need more than just the technique eventually you need the strategy the the timing which is an element of the technique anyway but nothing else will make sense until you have some understanding of what it is you ought to do you can talk about concepts until the cows come home but without any knowledge of techniques from certain positions, it becomes futile, mm. right? Um, what's a concept in jiu-jitsu, Matty? Uh, nothing off the top of my head that I can think like, of. Let's say like just using your hips. 
So basically what we did today, the concept that I was kind of ingraining through the class. Active hips. There, was active concept, hips. Dead hips, dead man. That's kind of like a phrase. There you go. That's dead hips, dead man. So what we're talking about today is we started on our backs talking about like tension and how to release some tension mm. and then we started going to hip extension from your back so upas and bridges and then we went on to our hands and knees and we did the cobra and coming back to child's pose cobra and then from one side to the other so start starting to implement use of your hips mm-hmm. and then sit outs with your hips and then you some nice flowing movements through there as well of course we kind of threaded them all together and then it came time for the Kimura. So for example, you pull the person onto their side and you have to lay with your hips again. Yeah. So you find hip extension. And so the technique, the, the concept, let's say is dead hips, dead man, right? You can label it like that, active hips. Use your hips. But that needed to come through f- via the technique. Mm. And if we didn't have the techniques, how, the, like, how can you express that? Yeah, how would you know what you know, active hips even means without the technique? Use your hips. How? Uh, what am I doing with them? You know, the technique shows you, hey, in this position, I can improve my mobility and get this technique by using my hips in this way. Yes. A better way is like this. It'd be, it'd be to show the certain techniques and connect the inherent concept throughout them. Like make it known, emphasize the concept throughout the techniques. Thread the techniques together with a certain concept but there's still a technique there. There still needs to be something of Correct. substance there. Kind of, this is being on your side underneath the bottom. That's a, that's a, that's a huge concept. Make, yep. your, make your partner unstable on top of you. Mm-hmm. You know, but without- Don't be on your back. Yeah, don't be on, but without a technique, people are like, what do you mean don't be on my back? I'm on, I'm on the bottom, I'm on my back. Yeah. Well, no, but you can be on your side. So here's how you're going to do it. You're going to bring your left leg out. You're going to turn it around. You're going to make a bit of a hip escape. You're going to get the anchor foot. You're going to get the floating leg. You're going to bring your bottom shoulder back behind your top shoulder. Mm-hmm. And this doesn't make too much sense to people listening. You hide you to YouTube channel if, you, if it doesn't make sense. We've got heaps of videos right there so you can see it in the flesh. But what we're trying to get at is this idea of like, okay, you, you, can, you can name a million different techniques that come with that concept. Mm. That's hyperbole, but like concept of probably millions, right? Many, many thousands of techniques, put it that way, at least, um, that, that show that the person cannot be on their back. Mm. You can roll and stay on your back and see if you can make an escape or not, or if you get your arms taken off and your neck kind of choked. Now, for example, you know, when we practice closed guard and we look into the black hole concept of pulling your partner into you, with it, we address techniques like the cross-collar choke, the pendulum sweep, and then when your partner counters a black hole, we maintain distance and come up to them with a sit-up sweep in guillotine and kimura. What is it? The cross-collar choke. Why? Because we need to manage the distance so that we can manage the damage. Mm. How do we do that? You use the black hole. You get the response from your partner, and then you're sneaky to get your arms around your partner's collar. Yeah, you can't just tell it. A cross collar is never going to work if you're if you're just flat on your shoulders and the person's sitting in good posture and you're just trying to put your hands in. Maybe if if you're a black belt doing it to a white belt, that might work. Probably then the, the white belt's not silly. You're just going like, to uh. get your hands away from my neck. Yes, but what the black belt's doing is all these little details that are helping to make the whole thing stick and help make it work. And when I teach a cross collar, I'm just going to show you how to get your hand. I'm going to show you to break the posture, but I'm going to put my hands in the collar kind of simply so people can get an understanding of what I'm doing with my hands. But the reality is it all comes from the black hole 
Yes, and but if you fill the black hole, then you're like, oh, I think I can replicate that. Mm. You know, so that concept of the black hole can be kind of um, strung into many, many other aspects of what we're doing on the mats. You know, and without learning the nuances of the cross collar choke, there's no choke. The technique creates the context for the concept to add to the understanding. Yeah, that's nice. I really like that. The technique creates the context for the concept to add to the understanding. Is that a bit of a tongue twister? It is, but it, it's nice. I like it. People, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. I like that too. Of course, com- conceptual-based learning offers a multitude of benefits. Linking the techniques with the glue of concepts allows you to connect the dots, not just in one particular position, but throughout all the positions and all of jiu-jitsu. The coach's job is to portray the lesson in a way that's most digestible and able to understand for the student. Sure, that can include concepts, and these concepts are displayed through the understanding of the actual technique. It's like the technique is the, is the, the point of an iceberg, and below it you have like all these like heavy um, foundations, you know, the, underneath the iceberg, right? Is still like a whole big chunk of ice. Yeah, it's just hidden under the water. Yes. It's what you don't see. Invisible jiu-jitsu. Yes. Sure, that can include concepts. Um, it, there you go. When we create an inclusive pedagogy, we can see the entire context and therefore we can learn even more. It's why we can't exclude anything when approaching learning and building on the understanding of jiu-jitsu from the beginner all the way to the advanced student. It's how we can help all of our students in the room and it allows students to then connect the dots for themselves and thus build more effectiveness. And this is what we're looking for. So of course there's gonna be a point in time where you do self-directed learning. That's important. And yet you still need something to grasp, something to hold on in order to get better. Mm. Yes? People learn in different ways. Were you gonna say something? Yeah, I was just thinking like, it's a, it's, it's a very controversial topic, but uh, leg locks. Yeah, leg lock. I, I'm all for I'm all for knee barring white belts. No, uh, I mean I am. Careful but, white belts. Maddie's coming for uh, your knees. Look, I I believe you've said it best. We shouldn't be scared of them. We should be exposed to them at all levels. Uh, however, I would not want a white belt diving deep on heel hooks and leg locks because if you don't understand the fundamental concepts of controlling someone's torso yet the finesse required to control someone's leg i don't think you're going to have that conceptual understanding yet mm-hmm. still great to expose them and i think everyone should be getting exposed so they understand that you know heel hooks aren't the big bad nasty uh they have the potential to be but you know, I wouldn't want them diving deep on that before they've figured out how to control someone's shoulder joint, for example, in an armbar, mm-hmm. uh, or controlling, taking back control. All right, Maddie, what if I can't take people's backs, but I can break people? Like if I can, but I can get taps from people's legs. So, like, as in, I think people fall into the into the vortex of leg locks, and this is a topic for another podcast, by the way. That'll certainly, come soon. Certainly, I think we have to break this down a little bit and talk about it. Um, I feel like if you're really, really focused on winning, you take the easiest possible well, outcome. It's pretty to easy because, like, if somebody doesn't know as much about leg locks and you do, then you'll be getting submissions left and right. But then eventually you're going to get exposed by someone who knows how to counter everything you're doing, and then you've got nothing anywhere else. Yeah, 
so and and the fact that the guard is such an important skill set in jiu-jitsu yeah means that i think by by neglecting that in favor of the leg game is a like is a it's a, a bit, bit of a, a liability yeah. yeah it's a trap yeah Look at all that cheese. Oh, easy taps from, from heel hooks. Oh, om nom 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 cheese. Yeah. And then one day you're going to get put to sleep. And there's no guard. Like, so, yeah. so ABC's first. Um, yeah, ABC's first. Look, people learn in different ways. And there will always be trends and popular opinions and methods of learning, right? Mm. Um, at Hire, we love to try many different things. And we're thankful and lucky to have such a prolific syllabus that allows all of our students to follow a collective path while allowing for individual creativity and autonomy at the same time. All of these things are important. We're not discrediting that. We're not discrediting creativity. No. But like, just do it from a, from a, um, a good like, foundational standpoint. Yeah. I mean, look at all the beautiful creative. I mean, right now we're looking out a window and we get to see the beautiful Sydney skyline, right? Yeah. So you can see all these beautiful buildings. Some of those have some real creative designs, but do you think those architects walk in and drew a, drew a sail and said, I'm making a building the shape of a sail? It still has to stand, right? It still has to stand. It still yeah. has to be structurally sound. And then they can start adding the... The, the flair, the creative the flair, flair the, and the cool creative flying triangles or whatever aesthetic. it may be. Yeah. Sure, do it, but you, you, can't, you can't skip out on the foundations. Mm-hmm. In this way, we're able to bridge the gap between techniques and concepts in a way that's most effective for learning for the legendary students of high jiu-jitsu. This is our ultimate goal. So going back to that idea of like, you know, a student, any student really, who's saying like, oh, I don't learn enough. I don't learn that much from class. Maybe it's the class that's the problem. You know, maybe, maybe class isn't as exciting as what's necessary. Maybe the class is um, like too monotonous or too repetitive all the time, or maybe the class doesn't allow, doesn't allow for enough exploration. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I don't know. I, I think it, I don't think we'll ever stop learning through technique because I think it's just remiss. You just can't do it. Yeah, as I said, I, I'm still learning after seeing the same techniques hundred times there's still differences and nuances that I'm still because you're looking up. for them yeah I'm open to the idea of them yes I, I don't just come into class oh the armbar from guard again oh here we go I know that I can, can still refine it yeah and if I see somebody practicing like you know a cross collar choke when the armbar from guard is the context you know that's that's okay because you're going to be chaining techniques together mm. right um so it's not a problem. So, so you can kind of connect the dots. Yeah, it's awesome nicely. when people connect the Look dots. for the dots. Yeah, Look absolutely. for them. Don't just kind of shun it and be like, oh, this isn't what I do. I do something else. Because I think that's been a little bit ignorant. Mm. Up to you. You can do what you like, really. <laughs> as long as you know what you're doing. There you go. Right there. Hey, everybody. We've got to go teach a kids class right now. I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation. It's one that I've been thinking about for quite a bit. And... I don't know, you hear about it like it's like a, like a bit of a, a split in jiu-jitsu. Like, is it one or the other? It's polarizing. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't have to be. 
I don't think it is think anything that, like that at all. I think that the, the t- as, as we just explained, I think you need one to have the other and you can't have one without the other. So together, it's concepts and it's techniques, people. Mm. Um, you're all legends. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, me and Maddie, Maddie and I, we appreciate having you on this podcast. Um, see you on the next one. Hey, don't forget, send us some feedback. Let us know what you thought of this. Yeah. Um, Us. Love you all.